Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman and we are 48 hours away from the second test match here in Antigua. And on today's show, you will hear from England opening batsman Rory Burns, who came within 16 runs of a maiden test century in Barbados. Yeah, disappointment, obviously, uh, like we said, but, you know, it's a lesson. How do you put that right? And, you know, in a four-man seam attack on one spinner, can you put the spinner under more pressure and make the seamers come back and make them work harder? Uh, you know, that's one way of transferring pressure. So we've got to think more like that and, and use our game plans effectively. One of the few people to come out of that heavy defeat against the West Indies with any credit. And we'll also get a taste of the reaction to England's defeat from some of the supporters who were there. I don't think uh, we've picked correct side to start with from, uh, from the off. I think we've underestimated West Indies from the past record and uh, got above a station a bit and uh, it's backfired on England big style. All this plus we step back in time and reminisce on location from a cricket ground that sadly it doesn't host cricket anymore and if you like what you hear be sure to subscribe through your favourite podcast app and stay up to date with all the news from England's tour of the Caribbean you're listening to Following On. Well, here I am, John Norman alongside Jarrah Kimber. And for all you cricket tragics out there, uh, those who, I don't know, get involved in debates about best cricket grounds and most underrated cricket players ever and just love cricket, I'm pleased to say that we're standing in uh, near the, the middle of one of the most famous grounds over the last 30 years or so, one that isn't with us any longer. But we've just had, for me, the best day of the tour. Essentially, Jared, rooting around the back of an old dilapidated scoreboard. It's just fun end of it was brilliant wasn't it yeah it's not often you're uh, you know watching out for rats and you almost get a lizard jump on your face I think there at one stage and you but you're in such an incredible place that you don't mind we, we were literally going through the old scoreboard 
um, sheets. Uh, so there was, uh, who we have? Um, Saha, um, Murali Vijay, I think was up there. Shall we just take a little walk alongside? Like, the grass is quite, um, it's very dry, but it's quite long. They play football here. It's a bit like, if you've ever been to Tooting Common towards um, the end of the summer when the sun's try- started to dry it out and it's just the grass hasn't been cut for a while you could not play cricket on this that's for sure and we're walking towards a scoreboard uh, it's masked by two big trees you can't really see the scoreboard it's dilapidated it's falling apart there's eight big floodlights on the top um, there seems to be um, a, pi- a picture of a pirate right at the top of it as well I'm not sure what that's about but this is do you know what this reminded me of actually so when we when we approach the scoreboard for the first time underneath it there's a room isn't there that's kind of boarded up and it's locked but you can see through the grill at the top what's inside and it's a proper treasure trove talking about pirates that is a, that's a treasure trove in there well it's ridiculous isn't it? the first thing we saw was that huge um you know west indies sign that the scorers use and there's a bunch of photos in there and we're too far away to know exactly what they are yeah. but they're so old you can tell a that they're great and i'm pretty sure Curtly Ambrose is in one of them um, and you know there's just it, it just feels like a like a special cricket place and as, as we said before there, there's rats and rubbish around we, we can find a, a place at the back of the scoreboard where we saw a homeless guy was well this is the thing and like you are standing talking to me right now in your left hand <laughs> there is a splintered stump with paint at the bottom a Digicel um, advertising little banner on the side and I don't know maybe it was Curtly Ambrose that smashed the top of this stump off who knows but the reason it reminded me as a kid is you know when you are a kid and you're off out with your mates and you fight, you stumble across some kind of abandoned warehouse or an old kind of like part of town that you've never been before and you're literally scrabbling up place you are not we're not supposed to be here no end of story we're not supposed to be here we certainly aren't supposed to be scaling stairs taking off our flip-flops and thinking about hurtling like basically breaking our necks trying to get up behind the scoreboard well not to mention when we got up the scoreboard it was clearly not safe to be standing on and we we're also i think we we're on the score i think that's a scorer's hut up there um and we suddenly as we were walking along realized half the floor was gone and we better go away from there i mean this is not safe it's not, but but it, it felt so much fun and the fact that you were willing to let's be honest probably die to get up to the scoreboard tells you something about this ground it tells you a lot when sam ellard our producer is actually warning me not to do something that's how stupid it was um does this ground hold the same kind of I don't know symbolism and appeal to Australian cricket fans as it does English no but then again we didn't um, allow world records um, as much I, I think I, I think there's certainly there's certainly some great Australian cricket moments here I, I think for me and my friends I remember we always used to pick it when we played the video games you know I if you could play a video game where you could see the ground this was the ground to go on because it felt like the ground was on top of the action and that must have been what it was like to play here so it always felt like a special place but I think in, in any hardcore cricket fan the, the wreck is, is something special isn't it and it just doesn't look like other cricket grounds it, it's just not the well, same well it literally looks a wreck doesn't it yeah I mean it just doesn't look the same it doesn't you know we, we brought young Sam Allard here and he's looking around going so uh so guys uh why is this place so special because it, it it doesn't make any sense but when you realize that it was a party and it was part of a city and you know the great cricket grounds are quite often in the heart of, of an area and that, that you know they are part of that society that is what this place was and that, i'm getting goosebumps again yeah and that's why it was so special and you know coming back here and seeing it like this in some ways it's sad but in some ways it's probably the way it should it's you know it this is like a you know a coliseum or something it's great that you know you can you can keep those places up but it's actually almost great when the, when the ground swallows them again if you know what I mean. 
I mean? It, go, it goes back to the earth. And in parts of this, I mean, parts of this place, like, the, it, we really are being swallowed by the earth here. I don't know how they play football on this ground. Well, see, this is the other m- truly magical thing about this ground, because in planning to do this piece on following on, there's a superb interview which you're going to be able to hear during the lunch breaks between Jared and Harmy talking about what it's like to bowl to Brian Lara on this pitch. The fact that we could just rock up, park up, in, uh, and the car park now is still used for uh, restaurants and like food stalls, and literally just walk straight into this onto this old pitch. We've walked up to the scoreboards. We've taken photos of our faces coming out the other end of the, where the runs should have been and wickets. We've been up to the uh, scorer's box, which also looks like a watchtower. We've been in and out of the press box. We've been all around the dilapidated stands. The fact that we could just do that. And the other thing is this, right? I know they bought that, built that big stadium, but I just had this kind of like, um, you know, you think, well, if I won the lottery and I had a billion pounds, what would I do? And I was, thought, you know what? I'd approach Antigua cricket or, uh, and say, I am going to redevelop this ground so you can play test cricket here again. And then I thought to myself, but if I did that, I actually wouldn't change that much. I'd just sort the pitch out, make it probably so the scoreboard works and you can stand in the stands without falling to your death. But actually, I wouldn't change a thing. Well, no, that, that, the, the charm of it is that it's not right. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it isn't, even for the West Indies, it isn't really a stadium. It isn't even really a cricket ground. It's something else. And, you know, if, if you were to fix, the problem is, if you were to fix some of this stuff, I think you'd have to tear so much of it down. I, I just don't think it, it, mm. it, it just hasn't been held, held up. And really, the charm of it is what it was. It, it, it could never stay the same because even if it was renovated, you would have to change bits. You'd have to make it safer. So I, I think it's a bit like the whacker in a certain point where there's a certain point yeah. where society has just moved on. And that's OK because we had the wreck right and, and and it was a ground and it was special to cricket it doesn't matter if it's not special in 100 years time it matters that it was special at one point one last thought as um, we uh, Steve Harmison walks towards us there's a prison just over there you can see the barbed wire you can see the sentry tower can you imagine being a cricket fan incarcerated in that prison and hearing over the wall pretty much there's a, a wall a road and then the Wadadley stand could you imagine the torture of sitting in your cell in 30 degree heat, hearing the sounds of the crowd cheering, smelling the smell of the jerk chicken and the, the, uh, the pork wafting through the bars and knowing that not 100 metres away, there is celebration of life when unfortunately you've done something bad? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, and, but then there's the other side, isn't there? There's uh, maybe, you know, if you had a shorter sentence and you knew you were going to go out. There's, I'll be out by day five. No, but there's, there's something sort of, you're not in the middle of nowhere, you're not in an industrial real yeah, estate. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're next to life and you know what you're missing out on, but you also know what you can go back to. And I don't know, I, I, I get this romantic feeling that there are like criminals who came out of there and the first thing they want to do was just come over here and just watch some cricket and, you know, Kurtley's bowling and, you know, Viv's batting, whatever it, whatever it may be. Just such a special place in, in Antiguan culture as much as cricket culture. May I love that. I think there's a story there. Uh, give me a hug, man. I'm feeling it. <laughs> Great radio. Let's listen to Rory Burns. Rory, take me inside the team room for the last couple of days. What's the mood been like? Probably quite reflective, I think. You know, there was a disappointment after the game when it first happened, but then it was, you know, how do we put it right? How do we get better and how do we keep improving? Is there any element of anger, frustration, or is that just the sportsman's lot that you have to park it and move on? I think you've got to park it and move on. Uh, I think if you sort of let it build and, and let it sort of simmer around, uh, it's only going to be detrimental. So it's, you know, park it, how do you learn from it and how do you move on? Have you noticed anything in training then, if you like, an extra little zip in the bowler's steps, an extra 
flourish with the batsman as, as everyone sort of tries to put it right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, there's probably been a bit more communication from the lads and, and how we're going about it. You know, batters and bowlers asking what do you reckon here and there, how's that looking? But yeah, we're all trying to put it right and all trying to improve. I know sportsmen are quite black and white at times. You, you like things sort of very straightforward. Well, this is very straightforward. You've got two test matches left in this three-match series and if you want to win this series, you quite simply have to win this. Yeah, black and white. There you go. It's easy as that, isn't it? Win two tests and, and we win a series. You know, like we said, we've got to park that first test and and the opportunity in front of us is pretty simple. Uh, you win two games, you win a series. Can I ask you about that spell of bowling in the first innings though that the England boys had to face? I mean, there was some very fast, very hostile stuff. Lots of people have been talking about the preparation of the team going in. Did you have the preparation to face that? How can you prepare to face that? Uh, by having some fast, hostile stuff uh, put around your head. Uh, I think we did do that in practice. We did tick that box. I think uh, that first inning is actually just bowled very well. Um, and we weren't, we weren't good enough to, to deal with it. Um, you know, they kept the pressure on, kept their foot on the throat and they got their rewards. Uh, it's probably for us to look at how do we transfer that pressure, how do we build our innings and our own game plans of how we combat that. Is it the sort of thing, though, that once you've actually had a proper look, i.e. a match against them, that you actually feel better equipped in yourself should it come around the second time? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's only going to help having a, a view of their bowlers. That certainly did for me between first and second innings, just seeing the, seeing how they go about their business. And, you know, they've all got their own nuances within that attack and uh, they're, they're actually a very good attack. So, you know, you've got to get, get in there, execute your game plan and see what you get to. There was obviously a lot of talk about the first innings and being blown away. The second innings, Roston Chase taking eight for probably surprised a few people. Was there an element of, of disappointment that you actually coped with the seamers better in the second innings and it was an off-spinner that, that did for you all? Uh, yeah, disappointment, obviously, uh, like we said, but you know, it's a lesson. How do you put that right? And you know, In a four-man seam attack on one spinner, can you put the spinner under more pressure and make the seamers come back and make them work harder? Uh, you know, that's one way of transferring pressure. So we've got to think more like that and, and use our game plans effectively. Rory Burns speaking with Andrew McKenna there at the, uh, well, the Sir Vivian Richards Stadium where the second test will take place. Not here at the Antigua Recreation Ground. Uh, I'm alongside Steve Harmison who's been speaking with Jarrah Kimber at quite some length and you'll be able to hear that interview um, throughout this uh, series actually. Uh, Harmy, looking ahead to that second test match, a lot of questions were posed actually of Rory Burns about Keaton Jennings. Now, there's nothing that Rory's ever going to say and Keaton's going to get his opportunity to uh, continue his test career. No doubt about it, though, a guy that you know really well is going to be under a lot of pressure. Now, that's pretty obvious, but how? what is it like? What is it like when you're going out to bowl or bat knowing that essentially people are waiting to write you off and actually quite a lot of them already have done? Yeah, a lot of them have done, to be fair, and it's not nice. It's not nice. You feel as though the only person in the world you feel as though when you walk out on a pitch, you're going out by yourself. You're not going out with 10 teammates. You feel the world is looking at you. You feel everybody's looking at you. Um, and it is not a comfortable place to, to be. And you can say, a lot of a lot of people will say, just coaches will say to him and players will say to him, trust your preparation, trust you're doing the right things, make sure you're in the right positions to give yourself the best chance and the best opportunity but it's not the same it isn't the same I know that personally I've had it many times throughout my career where it's you're basically yeah, you're, you're waiting for you're waiting for the end um, and it's up to you as an individual to prove that the end is not going to be this test match next test match or the test match after 
So Keaton has to have that in mind. He's got to put it to the back of one side, put the back of his mind, and hopefully, and it's hard, easy saying, hard to do, but he's then got to go out and just, you know, the old cliches. Each ball and its merits. He sees it, he leaves it, see it, hit it, see it, score off it, and trying to work out decision making which in that order each and every ball comes down because if he doesn't then you'll get gobbled up quickly if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods market the following on podcast is proudly sponsored by barbados tourism if your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket then i have some excellent news the icc men's cricket t20 world cup final is being hosted in barbados this june which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year to make the most of your trip you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. But the focus isn't just going to be on Jennings, is it? Despite England getting bowled out for 77, no changes there. But if there's going to be changes and we've got to see the pitch, you'd think it's going to come with the bowlers. That's what always happens, of course, when England get bowled out cheaply. It is, yeah. I have 51 all out in Jamaica and I got left out coming to Antigua. So, no, I'm not over that yet. Just no, The balance of the side is huge. I think the experience Broad gives you, he has to play. I think you look at you look at what uh, the pitch, is, the surface is going to be and whether you need two spinners or not. For me, I've got 10 names in my mind at this moment in time. And then it's, uh, it's another fast bowler or second spinner that second spinner for me would be uh, Leach because I don't think Root trusted or I don't think Rashid bowled well enough to keep his place in the side going forward 
whether I keep with Sam Curran, he's had one bad test match. Would I possibly, I'd be possibly tempted to maybe he's given a break in this one and bring him back for, for the last one because they're all back to back to back uh, just to keep the bowlers fresh. Jimmy Anderson bowled a lot of overs, Ben Stokes bowled a lot of overs. But for me, I'm going Broaden Anderson. Um, Stokes as my third, obviously fourth seamer. I want another seamer or a spinner, and I'm, playing, I'm sticking with Mo and Ali. If it turns, I'm looking at Leach. So it'll be two seamers in Broaden Anderson, one another seamer in Stokes, and the two spinners. Or and then it'll be Wokes hasn't done a lot. He didn't do a lot in Barbados. I think he might have a knee injury. So it comes down to whether Woods bowling fast enough, and if he is bowling fast enough, I'd try and get him to play on create something that's not out of nothing. That's not there. Or I stick with Sam Curran because another option would be the variation of the left armour. Sam Curran would be better at first change because of the experience of Broad and Anderson being on the field to contain and get off to a good start. Broad will not go for many runs. Anderson didn't go for many runs in the first innings. And you've seen when they when they really got stuck into the West Indian batsmen, then the, then the, the mid-in roads. But getting them off to a good start, I think that is where Sam Curran didn't help England in that first innings and that's why I'd go bring Broad in so he can take the new ball. Brilliant stuff, plenty to ponder about that's for sure. Let's hear a little bit of the reaction actually following that win for West Indies against England. Sam Ellock caught up with a couple of fans shortly after the match came to a conclusion. Craig from Barnsley, disappointing first test match for England, beaten comfortably. Your thoughts? Well, very disappointing, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, uh, I don't think uh, we've picked correct side to start with from from, uh, from the off. I think we've underestimated West Indies from the past record and uh, got above a station a bit and uh, it's backfired on England big style. So what changes would you make then for the second test match? Well, I think basically, I think we need to go back to a bit of pace on wicket. I, mean, I don't know what Antigua's going to be like, but end of the day, <laughs> we've got three spinners playing today. Who's picked sides? Who's, who's, who's watching wickets? Who's like doing their homework on uh, each ground? And I think uh, Joe Roots had his hand like, kind of hampered by, uh, you know, either a bit, a bit of lack of information or whatever, I don't know. But end of the day, I'd like to see a bit more pace. Broad has got to come back in. Uh, Jennings has got to have another chance because uh, obviously yeah. where we're going, like, uh, we've, got, we've got to be planning for the future. But I don't know. Throw it back to Trevor Bayliss. Yeah, and I guess that a word on the West Indies because that you know the second innings when bowling England out for 77. That was you know quite often we can talk about poor England batting, but I mean they bowled like it was the 1980s again, right? With the, the pace and it was superb. Well, that, that that's exactly what we were saying yesterday as a group of fans. I said West Indies they look two yards quicker. And uh, we had all this in Australia last year. We overturned and what, whatever. And we, we were two yards pace short. And a year on, we're still the same. Uh, fair play to Windies. Older player brilliantly, bowling them with bat. And uh, rest of guys, they're on the game. England need to step it up. Simple. And last question. I know you're going home after this. I know you're going home after the test match in, uh, in, in Barbados. But just away from the cricket... What's it been like? What have you been up to? How have you enjoyed your, your week in Barbados? Well, fa hey, fantastic. I've been here, first time I came 2004, and I bump into not only local old friends, but people who I met from previous tours and stuff like that. Uh, it's a fantastic place. Everybody makes you feel welcome, and uh, I, I can't fault the place. Weather's fantastic, as everybody knows, but people are just as fantastic as well, and uh, we'll be coming back 
Till we drop dead, I suppose. <laughs> Big thanks to Sam there. This has been following on. To never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you tomorrow. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.